Hello and welcome to podcast 282 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt and on this week's pod I'm joined by Joe, Dupe and Matt FM. Welcome gentlemen and welcome Dupe, your first pod of 2023. Is that because I'm not a gentleman? Yes. No, you are. I, I, I included wow. you within the gents and then I, I also gave you uh, an individual uh, hello, welcome to 2023. I'm to be back, because I've missed you all so much. You sound so thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> Happy New Year, Duke. <laughs> Fuck off, lad. <laughs> Grow up. There we go. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> we, should, we should do a pile uh, on resolutions. Me to grow up. Uh, no, let's not. Let's not. Let's not. It's going to turn into a, a mess. Anyway, on, on this week's pod, uh, we have a, a big old update from the Netherlands, from the Irish bleep word that I will not say. Um, and then we, because of something that's quite pertinent to all of our saves, when we will each give our own updates in due course over the next few weeks. But we're going to be talking about navigating promotion and the gulf between the league tiers post-promotion, uh, because it's something I think we've all experienced and each hit a a wall of sorts in each of our different saves when we've um, jumped up through the divisions or division in some of our cases. But first, um, Mr. Madden, take it away. Thank you, Matthew. I'm going to try and keep this quick because my voice is still fucked from the man flu. So uh, try Shall and, I start the 20-minute timer now? 20 seconds. Um, <laughs> no, we can give you an update. I've completed the third season in Harlem in the Netherlands, as you said. So you'll remember we rebuilt, or sorry, we resurrected this team from extinction. Um, basically had to build a new team from scratch. Season one, we finished 15th. And then in season two, we finished sixth. And obviously had to rebuild in between those seasons too. Because you know, Matt, when you're rebuilding squads, players just kind of tend to either retire or fuck off after season one. Uh, and that's exactly what they did. So we came into season three um, after finishing six. Didn't really have too high hopes of promotion, um, but had brought in some good players. But before I tell you about that, one of the things we were kind of facing was um, was money problems. So there's basically no money to be kind of earned in this tier of the Dutch football. There's no prize money in the second tier, uh, in FM at least. So even though we finished six, we didn't really get anything for it. You do get some TV money because a lot of the t- games are televised, but it doesn't go that far. Plus, some of the signings I made were in the old uh, kind of 50% up front and 50% spread over three seasons type of signings. So basically hemorrhaging money. We finished the second season, we were three and a half million in the red, which is not great uh, in that level. Um, we have a stadium of three and a half thousand, so we get we get very little in. So basically I had to start cutting. Um, I released a blog, blog post today, actually. So today is what, Wednesday? Um, if anybody wants to take a look. But basically just started chopping things. Um, started firing staff left, right and centre. Sold a few of our bigger name players who were on higher wages. Sliced the bonuses, sliced the scouting budget. Um, drove in some cash through friendlies in the preseason. Um, managed to bring it down not that far off zero. I think we were still a little bit in the red. Uh, but it did uh, trigger, let's say, one of the club vision things, which was to repair our financial damage. Um, they said that we passed that like a season or two early. So <laughs> that probably was good because, you know, getting sacked. I'm, I'm envisaging and will attempted <laughs> to splice in the the end of one of the Simpsons baseball episodes. Ah, uh, yes. You're a cut. <laughs> You're a cut. And it's just going through the credits. You're, You're cut. You're cut. You're cut. Pretty much that. That's, that's what happened. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, fun times in Harlem. Um, then, basically, we managed to, obviously, bring the finances back in order, but had about half the squad left, so we had to do a little bit of shopping. Um the main signing I want to talk about is a guy called Morris Kratten, Krattenmacher is his name. Um, my scouts came across this chap in like the third or fourth tier of Germany. And his attributes were really, really good um, considering where he was playing. So when I looked at him, I think he was wanted by Dortmund at the time and maybe another team. I can't remember, like Everton or someone. Um, and he was kind of there. It looked like we could get him for about 400,000 plus a few add-ons. Cause we, and we had the cash. Um, the reason we had the cash is we sold our best player. So a guy we had brought in on a free transfer was this guy, Chay Nunnally, 
we managed to sell him off for one and a half million of uh, nice pure profit. So that all went back into the balance. But this guy, Morris Krattenmacher, is far too good for this division. Um, interestingly, the guys over at Scouted Football, remember we had Joe on a few months ago, they actually tweeted about this guy in FM as one of the kind of bargain picks. Uh, so he's really, really good. I recommend looking him up. There's a profile on my blog here. But he came in, he smashed it. I gave him obviously a little bit of um, incentivization uh, for the old assists bonus and goal bonus. He triggered that in January for the 20 kind of goal assists, or goal contributions, if you want to call it. Uh, so definitely the best player to save so far um, and a huge part of our season, which I'll tell you about in a second. Um, off of your say-so, I've actually tried to sign him in my Ooh. save. Um, it, he's already moved to Lorient, um, but he's, he's available. Offered him a contract. Now, bear in mind, I had, I've got no attributes showing at all because obviously I can't scout abroad. Ah. So I went in blind. I just offered them, I'd done a deal basically and it was, if I get promoted to the Premier League, they're going to get money after a certain amount of international games. He's German. He's going to get money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just just kind of done a little deal. And, and this is pure, and the reason behind it, we'll go into later. But I thought, I'm going to just go for him because you've, said, you've had good luck with him. I thought, I need someone to play as like a, a wide player. Mm. But then I went to offer him a contract. He only wanted five and a half grand a week. Yeah, not a problem. Fine. But one of his um, promises, he wanted to be played as a striker, out-and-out striker. Ah. And I thought, oh, didn't know he was a he was a striker. I thought he was kind of a wide attacker. But obviously, I just removed that and told him to fuck off. So, yeah, currently just waiting to see if uh, <laughs> if the deal goes through. Because he, he can play as a striker. And he's bit, like, I play a one-striker-up-top one, one system um, with this other guy, Winkler, his name is. But basically, Krattenmacher comes in as cover whenever needed or, you know, if I have to take him off or whatever. But mainly, I've been playing him on the left as an inside forward. I want to say on attack. Can't remember exactly. Maybe support. Um, but he's, like I said, he's been smashing it. So, interested to see if you get him. I, I Nobody else has really mentioned him. It wasn't until I saw Scout of Football tweet about him that I started looking him up IRL. And apparently, he's smashing it in, let's say, the German third or fourth sphere in real life um, at the age of like 17, 18. So we can expect big things. Um, and spoiler alert, as I'm playing today, um, we got a bid in from Bayern and Milan for him. But the bids were like three, four, <coughs> and I rejected them. And then we had a chat about what was an acceptable fee, and he's happy with 15. So he's not going anywhere for a while. Pretty um, sure he's got a 10 million um, release clause in his contract with me. So I'll be happy if I've got 10 million for him. Yeah, which is great. So yeah, look him up. Um, so then, anyway, like, what else do we do? We had to rebuild a couple of players. Uh, obviously, it wouldn't be like me to not bring in a few Irish lads. We found two Irish guys um, <laughs> whose contracts had ended in the summer. So Jack Byrne came in. He's played for he's played for Ireland. He played in Cyprus for a while, but mainly in the Irish leagues. And also a guy called Connor Noss. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He plays at uh, Munchen Gladbach in real life, but he's Irish, Irish German. Um, he's his contract was over, so we brought him in on a free. So did well in the free transfer market, and we managed to extend the loan of that guy Valente, who was the CM on attack. So that was it. that was probably one of the big signings as well. He's the guy so, that scored that goal on the counter attack, wasn't he? He was indeed. He finished that counter attack goal. That was a beautiful goal. I I like watching that goal. So um, I guess to 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 summarise, Matt, we went through season three. It, it started really well. We had a couple of dips in form, as you usually would. Um, and because we, we ended up top of the league after the first kind of nine, ten games in this league, it's broken into four sections or four periods. So whoever tops each quarter, we'll call it, gets a playoff spot. So after the first quarter, we had nailed down a playoff spot. But by the time we had about six games to go, we were kind of second, third in the league. And the interesting thing about this league is you've got the, let's say the young teams, they're called J-O-N-G. So it's like the backup teams of Ajax and PSV and AZ in this league. They can't get promoted. So at the time, PSV were second and I was third. I think it was Venlo were top, but PSV couldn't get promoted. So I was looking pretty good for um, the auto promo promotion spot because the top two go up. Then we ended up winning five of the last six games and getting it anyway. So we finished second in the league. And we're now promoted to the Eredivisie in this third season. I want to say it's a little bit early um, because, as I said, facilities are shit. Uh, stadium is crap. Money is poor. 
But we've got we brought in some good players. We're playing a really nice um, style of football. I I snipped a few um, sections from the data hub that shows our movement, attacking efficiency, shooting, scoring, chance creation, stuff like that. And we're out on our own for all of that in the second tier. But what remains to be seen is can we do it in the top tier against a lot of the bigger sides, of course. So we'll see. Uh, I I think you'll probably be starting the Eredivisie in a similar position I started with Groningen on FM22, where I, I was expected to be relegated when I took over. In fact, they were in the relegation zone when I took over. Mm. And it's weird. I think once you get a good run going, you'll be fine. Um, and you'll at least... like I, I came out of nowhere towards the end of the season and ended up getting European football. And I think I finished... It was either fourth or fifth in like completely out of nowhere. And I should have been nowhere near it. Um, and I didn't have like particularly amazing players. I didn't have a lot of money to in, like invest in in better quality players. I actually lost quite a few due, due to them wanting to leave or not willing to renew contracts and things like that. So the only problem you'll have is Ajax. Yeah. Uh, possibly PSV and Feyenoord because Ajax is spending power and imagine that hasn't changed it's just that that's the biggest gulf in class I think I've witnessed in a single league because at least even even in the Premier League I know you, the, the likes of City and Newcastle have a horrendous amount of money there are limitations to what they can spend whereas the Eredivisie because Ajax are pretty much guaranteed Champions League every single season it means that that gulf will only get bigger even if you you're able to get champions league yourself that, that it's like chasing a moving target it's just yeah it's gonna very be difficult it's definitely going to be tough like i mean, it's interesting you met, you mentioned groningen groningen got relegated after the first season but won the cup so they were in the second tier with me and in Europe, so that must have just fucked with their heads all together. So whatever you did to that club, so man. Shades of Millwall. Yeah, they're all over the place. Um, but yeah, the IX and PSV thing, like I, I mentioned it in our Discord earlier, they haven't really spent a lot, um, but IX just sold Urian Timber to Liverpool for $122 million. Um, and... PSV sold Xavi Simmons to Newcastle for seventy-six million. See, it's so for, I now fear me, what they're going to do with that money. To be honest, it's not even transfers for me though that I noticed. It's the wage, the difference yeah, in yeah, wage yeah. that they can offer. It's just obscene. Like I've I've said about it before, but they, they had one of their sort of star players had a higher wage than my entire wage budget. They're going to kill, and us. we're in the same division. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Matt, I know you're focusing on sexy football, but how confident are you is that sexy football is going to keep you up? Because you're talking all this stuff about the data hub and it, it sounds like you're achieving that goal, but is it going to be such a step up that it's going to just be a little bit where sexy football might need to take a back foot for a while? Or are you adamant you know, like, to play sexy football all the way? Yeah, I think it's, I would probably talk about it during the, 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 the spotlight as well because it's that question of like do I just continue as as we are which was working you know like we, we won a lot of games in the second half of the season the, the, the one thing I'd like to think is that if I think about the bottom half of the area division in the top half of the Eerste division so you know Premier and, and Championship that there, there isn't a huge gap between those so when I come up against IX, PSV, Feyenoord I'm probably going to get smashed if I'm playing that tactic but I'd like to think I'll be able to pick up points against some of those other teams because I think there isn't that huge a gap between it. And again, as I said, we're going to talk about that today. Um, I'll, I'll have to wait and see what will really happen, I suppose. What will really dictate is who I can bring in between the third and fourth season before we go into the, the Eredivisie. We've got very little cash. Um, I think it's, you know, it, it showed me about 200k in the transfer budget. Obviously, you can move the, along the slider and stretch it to probably 600. Uh, we may need to sell again. I've got one guy kicking off. Um, this guy Gabriele Corbo came from Bologna. Actually, uh, he wants to run down his contract. I reckon I can get two million for him. So if I can do something like that, we might be able to bring in some some high quality players. Because again, at the end of this season, I'll probably lose six players who are either you know too old, too shit, um, if not more, and I'll have to replace those. So that will also be a big kicker. Lovely jubbly. 
Right, well, we've sort of alluded to it quite a lot there, so we'll shift gears and move into sort of the main meat and potatoes of the pod, which is about navigation, navigation, navigating post-promotion and talking about gulfs between leagues and or or tiers, depending on how you... uh, how you have your save set up and obviously at what level you are you've gone down to so we've all been promoted recently um in our saves uh, and obviously over over years of playing fm um between us we have a wide range of experience managing across multiple leagues levels and countries as well and joe recently tweeted about his experience with the golfing class between league one and the championship during his salford save and based on this we thought we'd chat about our own experiences in terms of navigating promotion and in particular how we handle these large jumps in class between league tiers in the various countries that we've managed so um Joe, seeing as it's something you've experienced yourself very recently, can you talk about your own promotion experiences and, in particular, the jump in level between League One and the Championship? Well, I hadn't actually told anyone I'd managed Salford, apart from you lot. <laughs> ah. So there, there we are. I've been playing as Salford. Um, Spoilers. Who gives a fuck, anyway? Um, yeah, it's, I tweeted that League Two and League One pretty much the same kind of standard of player unless you're a team coming down from the championship where their budgets, their players are a lot better. But then just that jump from League One to the championship, trying to build a squad that's worthy of competing, like I know it's obviously going to be true to life, but just the the golfing difference of players is ridiculous. Like my first game of the season was against West Brom. Their wage budget is about ten times what mine is. You know, and I'm just like, how do you compete with that? I can't even get loan signings in that I would say are kind of lower level championship players. Uh, and I've got an affiliate affiliation with Manchester City, and I, you know, I can't even loan their under twenty one players because they want them to play of a higher standard of player. And I'm only going for players. Um, I wouldn't say it's like their international under twenty ones. I basically look at their wages and go, if they're under 10 grand a week, they're the players I'll try and go for because anyone above that, they're like, you know, they're Premier League players. They just happen to be in their under 21 squad. None of them will join me. (laughs) So at the moment, I've literally got one lone player, striker from Spurs. I want to say his name is Jamie Donlan. Other than that, I've just been trying to pick up a few free transfers just to kind of pad the squad out and I'm just going to have a go at trying not to get relegated, really. First of all, I I've signed I signed Jamie Donlan last last year on FM22 on uh, I think was that? I think it was when I was at Swansea. Um, he wasn't particularly great, if I remember rightly. I, I, I wouldn't um, be surprised. <laughs> but the, the, this is like initial tangent, and then we can get back to things. But are you enjoying the the challenge that it's presenting? Because like you're known for just basically smashing leagues to pieces quite quickly. Um, whereas it sounds like this is a bit more difficult because you can't sign players of the, the required quality for the league. So you're having to sort of fight tooth and nail in league matches uh, and maybe having to, you know, because you, you aren't able to win those battles with the high quality of player that you would probably normally sign. Uh, definitely enjoying it. And I, the transfer side of it, yeah, as you say, it's kind of taken out of your hands. It's more the end of season, just have, uh, paying attention to who's going out of contract, trying to, obviously, because your scouting knowledge isn't very good, so you you have to be a bit careful of where you're going, but it's just like trial FC, just get everybody in on trial um, who'll come to you and then just try and pick up and go, right, I'm just going to build a, build a squad out of all of these players. And it, to be fair, worked out well from going from League 2 to League 1, so I've had consecutive promotions, which is why I said it didn't really feel that different. Um, both seasons we spoke about this kind of after the pod last week both have had that kind of January FM's trying to screw you over because you're making it too easy so I think the first season when I was in League 2 I was 15 points ahead ended up winning the league by one point on the last day of the season and then I lost the last game of this season after again we'd been ahead I can't remember it was probably no I think because I had a couple of international, a couple of Northern Irish players, 
a couple of my games got postponed. And I was third, but the two games, if I'd won those two games, it would have put me top. And I sat like that probably up until January. And in my, in my mind, I'm going, well, I've got those two games in hand, which can put me top. Get to January, everything just goes out the window, just losses, draws, everything. Those six points get eaten up very quickly. And I was kind of sitting around the third place. Really bad January, bad February, and then just started to pick up a few results towards the end of the season. But again, lost the last game of the season. But Middlesbrough also lost the last game of the season, so I, I, I won the league by a point. Um, and how Middlesbrough? Again, I think they had a wage budget of like four hundred grand a week, and I had seventy grand a week. <laughs> it was like how they didn't win the league by a country mile was beyond me. But no, we managed to do it, and that was with two, uh, two of my. Uh, I put the January slump in this season down. Macaulay Bond and um, Toure were both on an African Cup of Nations duty, both influential players in my squad, and I think losing those two is what kind of had a big impact on the on the team. But, yeah, as I say, moving up to the Championship, I've literally, I loaded the game tonight, had a week, to, I had 19 players in my squad, and not one of them you would probably say is Championship quality, and I had a week to make some signings. So I've, I've literally just started the season, still got a couple of players I'm waiting to come in, but... Yeah, I lost the first game 2-0 to West Brom, and I actually wasn't that disappointed by that. Uh, Joe, like, do you think it's... So, you, let's say you go back-to-back promotions. I know, like, in-game and in the mechanics behind, like, and you get the odd inbox notification. Like, I got one for Harlem there that said the club stature has increased, um, which probably behind the scenes means kind of reputation or, yeah. or, or those numbers, basically, that sit behind it. Like, let's say when you go back to back, so you go League Two, League One, you're in the Championship. Do you think that, like, probably you're realistically your stature and reputation just it's it's just not going to be high enough? Of course, within not. those two three seasons, Mate, we and went to West straight away. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We went to West Brom first game of the season away, and we took two hundred and ninety seven away fans. <laughs> you know, bear in mind, we sold we sold all of our season tickets four thousand one hundred, but half of them will be standing as well. So you look at the actual size of the club. Yeah. You know, they've got just under 5K stadium. You know, the club isn't that, you know, in terms of the new generation of Salford, it isn't that old. You know, so it's certainly not... Um, the reputation, yeah, obviously has grown a little bit. But the biggest thing I know is going from League One to the Championship. So a couple of players that I thought, you know what, I'm going to carry their contracts over because they will do a job. They were probably, I probably had about two and a half grand a week limit on what I would, was willing to pay players in the chat, uh, in League One. Literally recontracted and they wanted like 12 grand a week. I was like, suck your mum. Pricks. Not, not doing it. Pricks. I had to have a little argument with the agents, got it down a bit. Most of them I've got on kind of seven, eight grand with a, with a little bit higher incentive for performance bonuses. Do you think that Salford have got a a higher reputation than some of those clubs that you could have started with because of the document possibly because of the class of 92 possibly but then you'd you'd think you'd think that the I don't know the potential signings may have been better and I don't think they have been okay yeah I'm just thinking I you'd think I mean assuming all the board members are still there Uh, well Gary Neville's there he's the only one that's in game uh, so you, P, Peter Lim is the chairman um, or chairperson and Gary Neville is managing director I think other than that none of the others are involved okay now I just wonder whether that would kind of give you a little bit of a boost not saying that it should help you much well Mad, Mad's good with the editor he could have in the January <laughs> I know how you could check but it's been yes <laughs> but the uh, that will change in January anyway if you are to start a new save because Nicky Butt is now Doing what Gary Neville does, what TikTok like Nick, Nicky Butt does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't do TikTok. Um, let's look at other leagues then that we've sort of experienced that we feel have a similar golfing class, at least in in an FM sense. Um, but I so I guess I've in recent memory I've done quite a lot of starting in the lower lower tiers of England. That, both official and unofficial, as well as jumps in Spain as well. Dupe, you've done 
France, Germany fairly recently. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Have you noticed like big jumps in class with your 1860 Munich save? I found that 1860 was harder, but yeah, we got promoted quicker. That sounds stupid, but the, the class of that second tier is tremendous. The people that are coming down, the teams that are coming down, come down with pockets full of cash. The teams that have been there for a few years have a pocket full of cash. If you get like mid table in the tier two, you're earning like 10, 12 million uh, pounds. It's a lot of money for the second tier. If you get relegated, you come down with like 34, 50, uh, between 34 and 40 million. So you have there's some crazy amount of transfers. Um, I was very shocked to get promoted straight away. Um, I'm very happy to be out of there, but the, the fact is, is it is a lot more... It's harder than I thought it would be. I, I still think the championship is probably the toughest. However, that German second division is it's got to be up there close because that is very difficult. The thing is, like with the the German second division, it's also it depends on who goes up with you as well, right? Because if you get a Kaiserslautern going up with you, because they've got such an enormous stadium, all they need to start doing is fill it, and financially they will sort of they could potentially dominate. Like they just need to be in a higher division, really. That's it. Like and. It, Really, the the class of player is kind of secondary for for a club like them, and there are a, a few clubs down there that do have large stadiums in comparison to the rest of the field. Yeah, um, it is crazy the money. Uh, like how you got Hamburg down there as well when the start of the game that they got a crazy amount of money too. Some actually really good players as well. Um, and what you do find is you find we're talking like thirty, forty million pound signings in the second tier, um, bringing them into the second tier. And like that is like some division. I mean, Mad won't spend that in ten years being where he is. <laughs> God, no. I don't think I'll ever see that kind of cash saved. <laughs> we need to get um, to Amsterdam, son. I think uh, talking about sort of divisions to get out of. I guess the 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 cut the championship or the the gulf between League One and Championship is quite large. I think Championship to Premier League is probably not as large. As long as you can go up in one of the two automatic spots, I think if you're playoffs and you've only snuck in, I think you probably feel that pinch a bit more. So it depends on how you've gotten up, I think. Um, but I think the the gulf between the Vanarama National and then League Two is quite a large gulf as well. And I think that's... Again, and the, I think it's more, even more prom, prominent and pronounced recently because of the number of former league teams that have been relegated over the past two or three seasons. You've got the likes of Notts County there, Stockport County, who obviously have had their own financial issues but um, are still able to attract large players as a former league team. You've got Yeovil, Exeter sort of, sort of still flick in between League 2 and the National League as well. York City. There, there are some big former league clubs there that you are fighting up against. And if you've only just been promoted to that division, like I have, I'm noticing it so much more that there there is such a, a huge golfing class. And that is with the addition of the likes of Swindon who have just been relegated from League 2 as well. So if I think... My my initial opening fixtures, I've only played two games so far, but I've played two former league clubs in both of those games. So I'm already finding it tough, as well as really struggling to attract anyone who wants to sign for me, plus factoring in the fact that I've lost players because I can't offer them the contracts that they want. Some have left to go to Portugal, some have left to go to Ireland, and that they've doubled, if not trebled, the contracts that I was able to offer them at max. Um, I shouldn't have been promoted, really, in terms of like my reputation. Media prediction was 24th, uh, and I've gone up as champions only just, though, in the end, very much only just. And as a result, I can realistically see myself going straight back down again for the first time in a long time, unless I'm able to recruit anyone who's of of the the required quality because at the moment it's been 
it's like recruitment over the summer has not been fun to the point where I started my first league game with 12 active players. Uh, I had four greys on the bench. I didn't even have youth players available to to sort of flesh things out because they'd either left being poached by other teams because I had a golden generation, quote unquote, uh, for, bear in mind, I was in the Vanarama North when I got that. So it's, it's you know, a pinch of salt. But they were... Yeah, it's it's not been it's not been a fun transfer window. In fact, it's been the least fun transfer window I've had because I thought I found these great players, they'll be awesome, and then I've either been able to get them to agree to contracts and then they fail a work permit or they're going to fail, so it's, there's no point in proceeding with it even though they are like they could play in League 2 maybe even League 1, um which is frustrating or they go and join other clubs elsewhere because they're able to either pay more money or have a higher reputation um in the, even though they're in a lower division it's been it's been tough to say the least but um i think i've seen similar think, about like where it's you're looking at a player who's like you could in your mind you're probably like he's good enough to play in the league above but no one's signing him so he, he still won't join you because there's notions of I'm too good for this club, but nobody. Well, the interested. annoying thing is, you get them on trial. You get them on trial. They're mm. happy to join on trial. Uh, they'll agree a wage with you. You'll negotiate that, and then they they just all of a sudden a bidding war starts for this player. And even if you increase what you can offer, even if you're able to offer it, uh, increase the offer, they always seem to join someone else. And I've had that with so many players. I I've, I've lost count of how many I've probably had at least 100 trialists in over over pre-season if not more um bearing in mind you're only allowed 30 at a time so that's a like that's quite a lot of churn offering two week contracts to various players that's, that's um, bordering on trafficking in. mate <laughs> <laughs> fortunately they're already in the country <laughs> they're the, they're the away anyway. fans joe brings to yeah. his game doing 297 <laughs> trialists they're, they're the fans on the Look, it could be worse it could be dave as spend eight seasons on a pentagon and then find out it's fucked you over ah <laughs> uh, it could be that it could be that. um i i the other the other league i've had sort of experience with is segunda b to La Liga, mm. uh, this is some a league you've also had experience with as well. Yeah, like I just found with the so like if I compare that to the championship, in my mind, the championship is probably harder to get out of than the second tier of Spain. But like once you do get out of there, you, it's it's kind of easier to compete because of the cash and how quickly you can kind of catch up. I found well, I was doing a Tenerife save a few years back. And getting out of the second division wasn't wasn't super difficult. I think I did it in the first second first or second season. But there was such a gulf in quality of player and how long it took me to even be able to compete. And you're not just talking about Barcelona or Real Madrid, but like there was te- you know, like the Betis teams in Sevilla and even going further down, like you've got like Osasuna or teams like that. I just found I struggled like it took me three, four seasons to get anywhere close to like being kind of whatever that club vision is is that being an established team uh, so I just found it harder to compete after the promotion easier to get promoted but harder to compete from there don't know how you felt about it Matt. Um fairly similar really Yeah, it, it's not it, because of how the finances in Spain are set up it, it I think it was probably more more difficult than it uh, it's more difficult previously than it is now because oh, it's changed, it? whilst yeah. it's 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 a bit more even than it used to be whereas mm. the, when there was the duality of Barca and Real Madrid and the money just didn't filter down at all the, trying to even get to parity with those two let alone the rest of the field was just nigh and impossible um, and unless you have a decent sized stadium you would struggle to to get the the required money in without losing players but I think if if I was to redo a a save in those sort of, and you know get promoted from Segunda B to La Liga, I think it might not be as difficult. Although that could obviously present its own different challenges because the teams around you now have more money or access to more money. So rather than facing lots of middling teams that are kind of have the same amount of financial clout, you're now facing loads of teams that can afford the similar quality of player to you. So there's actually more competition for players of a similar standard. Like you can leave the 
the high quality players to the likes of uh, Real, Barca and Atletico, at least initially. And because there's, there's a lot of quality other players in Spain that they don't get the headlines, but they're they're more than good enough. And obviously, you also don't have the like uh, the issues of work permits in Spain either, which kind of helps at least for European players, which I think is a problem when it comes to to England and especially lower league Eng- England, because who can afford twenty grand on a player per player from a foreign nation? Um, let's let's shift gears and talk about sort of how we approach our sort of tactical perspectives post-promotion. I know Joe's sort of, uh, we, sorry, we uh, touched on it with Mads when we were talking about the save update and sort of looking to try and stick with what you know or uh, maybe slightly conflicted, but do we try to stick or is it a case of we adapt to the fact that our players are weaker and so therefore maybe play a bit more safe, as it were? Sorry, I'm just I'm, laughing at Dupe opening a bottle with a player on screen. What's going on? But anyway, a guy of a shit I am, mate. I've, um, I'm going to stick with me four four two. I'll probably give it five or six games, just see how it plays out. I've got a feeling we're probably going to get overrun in midfield. <laughs> um, so then I'll, I'll probably go to some kind of like four one four one, but it's quite nice. I love playing with two strikers. I've planned a, um, a a trek with an advance forward, and it just it's lovely through balls. It's so nice. So I want to just see how it plays because I have improved some of the players, and I've, I've stuck with this four four two from League Two. So I just want to see how it progresses. If I start getting absolutely battered, then yeah, I'm going to do some Route One madness. <laughs> that Irish yeah. centre half I signed, mate, he's going up front. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want. Go go back to the days of Gary Doherty and Chris Sutton being centre halves and centre forwards in game. That's all. That's all you need. Both also played for Norwich. At yeah, the don't time forget Dion Dublin as well. Dion Dublin as well. It's, it's a Norwich. Yeah. It's absolutely a Norwich thing. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell you where the stairs are, mate. Yeah. So um, I just found myself <laughs> slipping more and more negative. Um, maybe it was belief that we were just going to get caught out. I just found myself, you know, getting quite cocky with my system in, in tier three when we got promoted to tier two we just dropped the line back a bit we dropped um from center mid into a dm role when we went into the, the top league we dropped to two dms and i just see myself going more and more negative now we we've kind of been in that division for two seasons maybe it's time i start opening up it's given me more and more chance to start buying some tremendous players that we're trying to buy creative players but if i'm not giving them the the space and the time then they're not probably giving us me the output that I would require from them. So maybe this is where I uh, have to let the uh, let the reins go a little bit. See, I, I had a similar experience to you last year, although my club, my moves were between clubs and not necessarily always promotion related. But I started off with a, a 4-4-2 with inverted wingers. And once, once I'd been promoted once, um, I think actually I got I got to League Two and that's when I left Billericay. I got so I got two promotions with the, the same four four two. But then once I joined Groningen, I noticed that that four four two was like defensively not sound enough for that league, and that's when I started dropping the DM in, um, and it suited that squad a lot better as well. So I guess in a way, although I've not been promoted from League Two to the Eredivisie with the actual club. It's a, like the golfing class is representative of um, the team I was playing with versus the team I was playing against. So far in in the catching save, I've stuck with the same tactic, but it's real, real basic. And so there's not really a lot. I c- it leaves plenty of room for adaptation, but I'm not really until I can get better players. I'm not looking to adapt. I might do similar to you, Dupe, and maybe add an additional piece of cover. In fact, that's one thing I have noticed in the Vanarama North. There were so many teams that were playing with two two DMs and either playing two wingers and two up front, so a four two four, or with uh, the the four two three one two DMs. Um, so much more in comparison to that that I've seen before. But because I was expecting to lose in that division most matches anyway, and I kind of got lucky, I guess. Well, not lucky, but I, I rode my luck with 
good morale, I needed to be defensively sound anyway. Um, so I think I'm unlikely to change to be more proactive, at least at least initially this season, um, purely because I can't sign any fucking players anyway. So there's no point. Plus, I like I like signing players to fit into a system rather than changing my mind and then having no players to actually fit around it. Although I do love the idea of playing with two up top, but the the cent- central midfield on attack that seems to play a bit like a trek, but less fr- less free. But they they love filling that gap that's left. I oh, love it so much. They 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 play like a second striker more than than the inside forward does. It's oh, it's awesome. That was a another subtle tangent, I guess. Anyway, um, so in terms of transfers, we've kind of we've kind of covered this off anyway. And normally, in, especially in the lower leagues, I would go for the forest and go for a like a complete overhaul. In, especially from Vanarama North to to National and then National to League Two, once uh, it, only once you start actually getting players of any renown that are worth keeping, that I would look to keep those around and build the squad around. Uh, you know, when when you've got crap staff, crap scouts, it can be quite difficult to build a side with any form of longevity. Plus the 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 fact that contracts, if you're lucky to have contracts, will only last a season, um, that that becomes its own problem anyway. So there is quite a lot of team churn, as it would, as it were. Um, but I think as you go further up, and probably as you've noticed, Joe, you you kind of almost have to keep the bulk of your squad once you've been promoted because you you struggle to sign anyone else, and it's just a case of keeping bodies in until you can get like better quality replacements. Yeah, definitely. And one thing that I I have said this loads of times before, when you start lower down, just bin off your under 23s or under 21s, whatever you've got, just get rid of all of them, get rid of your staff, just don't waste your money there. So I haven't had a kind of interim squad or staff the whole way through, and I still haven't got it in the championship. So, and scouting-wise, again, if you can't buy anybody, you kind of think, what's the point in having load, like, as many scouts as you can? I've pretty much got a chief scout one scout that's good um, for looking for potential and then one that I use for just scouting the opposition and that's it. See, I want to introduce you to my little friend called Lone FC. Now, in Germany, we have a lovely thing where you're allowed 99 players on your squad uh, list and there's not really, in the third tier, many requirements. In the second tier, you are allowed six loans that are German and six loans that are not German. So quick maths, that's 12 loans. You only need 11 players to play a game. So, loan FC. I mean, for me, in the way that I was going about it, it was the fact that I knew if we could get promoted, we're going to get a bucket full of cash. Now, I don't want to have players sticking around that are going to run their contract down that I'm not going to play. So I will loan as much as I can, get to the position I want to get, and then start filling that squad up with quality players. Yeah, it's interesting. I think I was in this particular one where I was bringing in permanent signings, especially spending a little bit of cash. I was trying to kind of think of it like, okay, I'll buy this player because if I do get promoted, he's he's going to be good enough uh, to to stay in the squad. I was trying to avoid bringing in anyone that I didn't think was good enough permanently. And then, yeah, free free agents and loans were the more transactional ones where I was like, I'll just bring them in to try and get me through. And then top up when I get to the next level. <coughs> Different until, ways, you, I suppose. until you annoy the Bayern Munich manager, yeah? Until I fuck the Bayern Munich manager over and he hates me. That's probably why he's made a bid for Krattenmacher as well, just to just to have one last pop. Chief. Crack a barrel. Yeah. Chief. I would I would love to be loaning as well, but I just can't get the quality to agree to come to me. They all want him to play with a higher quality of um player. I even t- tried to sign Mads boy, Shola. Had it all had it all agreed, he rejected me. So I, I can't Heart even get your happens. I can't even get your cast offs, mate. <laughs> I was gonna make a joke, but I watched it. Um Okay, so I think we've already given a few of these anyway, but do we have any more tips uh, sort of to try like of things that we're trying to use to close the gap? Like whether that be in terms of bringing personnel in, 
Finances, Joe's got plenty. Uh, increasing the reputation or improving squad depth? I think for me, it, it sounds literally ridiculous, but just win. And I know that sounds odd, uh, but like the more you win, the higher the rep, the better the finances. Come up with a system. You, I know Mad's doing the sexy football bollocks. You don't have to be that sexy. Just get promoted, get to the position you want, and then everything will just be rosy. Simple as. Mad, you don't need to be sexy, mate. I know it's hard for you, but you don't. I've just got that song in my head now, Dupe. I'm too sexy for my time. Who sings that, Mad? No idea. You should let them right, sing. Right, Fred. Um, the only thing I was going to throw in, Matt, like, and I'm doing, I'm going to do it now. In most saves, I would carry the same staff from season to season. Do you know you've got this idea of like, oh yeah, you've got the loyalty there and you've built up your own backroom staff. But when I think about it now, like straight away, there's better staff I could hire now. Now that I'm promoted, who will have a higher reputation, higher ratings, and I think that will all contribute to just. Like a quick, a quick little boost to things like reputation and rating of the mechanics in behind it. Even the same, like you know, uh, free agents, out of contract players who have high reputation, they may not play for you. But if if money isn't a problem, maybe chucking in a few of those lads as well to just to just add a few individual boosts to your club reputation. I think that can't do you any harm for sure. Joseph, any pearls of wisdom that you haven't already embellished us with? <laughs> By the editor. <laughs> Save and reload. Oh, sorry, Dave and reload. <laughs> uh, one, one thing I've, I've ha- I haven't done, but I'm planning to do for the championship, I've done this previously, so if you've read any of my old blogs or anything like that, um, basically go through your fixture list and kind of jot down the games that you plan to win and focus on them. Because if you are playing the top teams and you're expected to lose... If it's in and around like a heavy fixture period, if you're going to lose, lose, you know, and then make sure your key players are fit for the games that you want to have a good go in. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, I remember you saying that before. The other thing I'll say, Matt, now that I've, uh, I mean, hindsight is everything. You can see how much research I did, but if you want to go into a league that you have a good chance of getting promoted from, go to the Dutch tier two. I mean, I know it took me three seasons, but I took it a rebuild from scratch. But there's 20 teams in it. Four of them can't get promoted. Every nine games, it's the end of a quarter, and if you top, if you if you top one of those sections just for that particular nine games, you're guaranteed a playoff spot. So there's a lot of outs there to get yourself promoted in the Dutch tier too. It's quite convenient that the 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 last question that I was going to ask you is how long is too long before getting promoted? <laughs> <laughs> when you got a cheat. <laughs> I think I had um, four seasons in the Northern Boys save, and I think if it went any further, I was getting sacked. You um, weren't going to get sacked because you made it unsackable. Oh, I was going to get sacked. Even if I had to sack myself. I'll sack you. Uh, my, uh, well, I guess my tip is more around trials. Uh, in fact, I've got a couple. So one thing that I've started doing this this year is offering like a persistent trial to players you can only offer four weeks at a time but if you because of how the trialists seem to work and also you you will get uh, other players that who maybe aren't interested in signing for you at the start of the season but have failed to get a club and all of a sudden sort of become available off the either off the player search or are recommended to you by scouts saying that they're available or their agent offers themselves to you or their 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 clients to you once as soon as they're available start offering them a trial if you don't get four try two and then see where you go from there but keep them in the squad uh, or at least in the under 21s if you've got them all in and around so at least they're training at a club rather than just training themselves because i've found that players attributes drop off a clip cliff if they're not actively training so they can obviously play in training matches if you're of a sufficient level that you can actually have more than two two training sessions per per match week um but also they're more likely to sign for you the longer they stay with you and it it means also that they're less likely to retire at the end of the season so 
once maybe if you have got promoted or your reputation has increased so that they're finally interested then you've got a chance to get them to sign for you albeit a season later than you maybe would have wanted and the other thing i have is going through the usual sort of usually i think most people probably wait especially if you're in the lower leagues and you don't have a lot of money you'll wait for the clubs to release all of their players and you wait for the list on the the 1st of july to say this is these these are the players that have been released by all yes, of these clubs yes, yes. i'll then go th- i'll then go through and set up a separate playlist uh, playlist, playlist shortlist <laughs> playlist i mean <laughs> maybe it works but i'll set up a separate shortlist just for this purpose say like released and then insert year and then go through the bigger clubs or the clubs that i know have got decent academies and like just bulk add those players excluding the ones that have retired even if they're like older players anyway that way you've got an easy to access log of players you can keep an eye on them in case especially if you're if they've been released from other clubs if they like obviously you can set to monitor them indefinitely if you want to or do it year by year and then that then clears the, for the next year um, but that way, it's just, one, it's an easy way to track who you've offered trials to because that isn't something that's particularly well done, especially when it comes to, like, because you can only offer 30 trials at a time and you're looking to get a load of players in. I've found that if, I, if I've gone through that list and just offered the trials, you end up getting a load of cancellations. But because you're limited to 150 messages in your inbox in-game, if you then go back and try to offer the trials that have been rejected because or cancelled because you've got too many on trial at the moment and you try to then once you've sort of whittled down the initial offers of like the initial 30 that you offer out you'll get your initial coaches or scouts assessment of that player if they're if they're no good because obviously you you can't scout them properly anyway get rid of them and then offer the next person who's available in you're going to lose the players further down the list so at least this way you've got a way of tracking who you've offered and who you also then want to maybe bring in as another opportunity because you will get some that reject you anyway and at least that way you can keep an eye on those that don't join clubs and then you can filter that by um by selecting last known club or what have you, adding that as a field in that list. Loads of other different ways, but that's what I've started doing to sort of monitor and manage those players a, a bit better. Uh, and I've found that, although it hasn't helped necessarily this season because because they've just not been interested in joining me, actually being able to track it has been useful because I've been able to just keep on dipping into that well and seeing who is finally available is there anyone left who actually wants to join me or you're going to fuck off to other clubs um but yeah i've rambled on enough um time for a quiz or should we depart gentlemen good night <laughs> what's the quiz about mad it's about this yeah, game called night. football manager do you um, know what we'll, we'll do it we'll do a football manager quiz is it can we do it in 7 minutes it should because the, uh, the questions shouldn't be that hard. It's about how quickly you can answer them. Crack on it. It's time for the quiz. So I have this quiz. I uh, had it for a few weeks uh, ready for you lads. It's the A to Z of Football Manager, but speed is key here. Uh, so what you just have to do is shout out your name if you know the answer. We'll see who can get the most points. See who knows Football Manager the best. So we'll start with the letter A. So which A is an attribute that reflects a player's ability to predict and react to events going on around them? Dupe. Dupe. Anticipation. Point for dupe. Well done. Which B is a training module that focuses on dribbling, passing, decisions, vision, and teamwork? Or retention? I'll give it to you. Uh, No, I won't. I can't. Suck him, (laughs) mum. That's the spirit. You're close. He's close. Give it to Joe. Question number three. We'll give it to him. It's ball distribution. (laughs) Question number three. Uh, I got my balls in. Come on. Which C is a tactical style in which a libero is usually deployed to offer cover behind the... Catanaccio. Sorry, Dupe answered it. (laughs) Catanaccio. (laughs) Catanaccio. Point for Dupe. Which D is is an FM feature which first dropped in FM22? Data Hub. Correct. 
which E is a role defined as a hook that joins midfield and attack. Correct. The point for Joe. Which F is a wonder kid who was the first player not to be inducted into the five-star pod hall of fame? Joe? Freddie Adu. Incorrect. Fuck. I'll repeat. Which F is a wonder kid who was the first player not to be inducted into the five-star potential hall of fame? Wonder kid hall of fame. John Fleck? John Fleck is correct. Gets you a point, Joe. I mean, there's a J there. That's which yeah, G <laughs> Which G is a player trait shared by Erling Haaland, Jude Bellingham, and Alexander Mitrovic. Gets so trait. forward. Incorrect. You've got the G part right. Gets on of his tits. I'm gonna give it to you. Gets crowd going. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. Which H is the current community liaison executive for football manager? Holly Percival. Correct, Matthew. On the board. Which I is which I is the in-game <laughs> description for highly favoured personnel of a particular club? Icon. Point for dupe, it's icons, yes indeed. What J is a popular FM save idea where the goal is to move from club to club. Journeyman. To your journeyman is correct. Crack on Joe. Which okay. which K is an attribute for which Ederson is the only player in. in FM23. Can I have that again, please? Kicking. Kicking is correct, dupe. I did think he said dickhead. Which L is a professional footballer known for regularly tweeting about his FM exploits? Adam Lefondre. Correct, Joe. Well done. Which M is a personality type shared by N'Golo Kante, Jordan Henderson, and Christian Erickson? Model citizen. I'll give you half each, lads. Uh, which N is the natural role of Eric ba- Bailey, Pepe? No nonsense defender. No nonsense centre half. Centre half. Well done. Which O is the attribute for which Thomas Muller and Raheem Sterling both have 20? One's like the shit himself. Off the ball. Correct, Ooh. Matthew. Well done. Off the ball. Which P is the natural role of Mauro Icardi, Luka Jovic, and Andre Silva? Poacher is correct, Dupe. Well done. Uh, which Q is the most popular segment of the Five Star Potential podcast? Not the quiz. We do get two points for that. <laughs> uh, well done. Which R is a player role described as the heartbeat of the team, driving forward with the ball to spearhead attacks. Running playmaker. Well done, Matthew. Roaming playmaker, indeed. Which S is a rapper who iconically played football manager on stream with yeah. Dr. Benji. Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy is correct. We have a late run by Matt here, lads. Which T is a football commentator who provided audio content for Championship Manager 2? Clive Tilsley. Clive Tilsley, Joe. Well done. Which U was the first goalkeeper to be inducted into the five-star potential? Oscar Ostari. Oscar Ostari. Ostari is correct. This was Joe first in my ear. Uh, which V is a football manager attribute that was formerly known as creativity? Vision. Well done, dupe. Vision indeed. Which W is the reigning, current reigning streamer showdown champion? Work the space. Work the space. Went for Joe. Fuck me. Which X... Matt uh, does that, you know what I mean? Like, how do you not get that? <laughs> he got it last week. <laughs> yeah, it was actually on last week. Which X is a version of Football Manager that launched first launched in 2006? Xbox. Correct. Well done, Matt. Which Y is a Football Manager wonder kid who made his debut for Austria in 2021? Yusuf Demir. Correct, Dupe. Well done. Oh, good shout, mate. Great shout. And final question. Which Z is the highest player, highest value player in Football Manager 23 with a surname starting with Z? (laughs) Zola Gante. Um, Matey boy that plays for Napoli, but I can't pronounce his name. No, it's okay, mate. No, um, (laughs) Zelinski. No, um, Zielinski is who he's thinking of, but it's incorrect. No, the, the one that plays for Roma. That's a different club, Duke. Attack <laughs> midfielder. Oh, Zaniolo. Zaniolo. Zaniolo is the correct answer. Half a point each. I'll help him out there. Well done, boys. You certainly do know your football manager. 
So I can tell you that under in... seven minutes. Come on, wrap it up. I think we didn't <laughs> do too bad. Well, wins. We all won. <laughs> <laughs> so the quiz wasn't the winner. That it's close enough. Hold up, please. Uh, caller, please hold. So what I can tell you is, in third place on six points was Matthew Nerdphonic. In second place, over it. on I think yeah nine point five points was Dupe. And out in his own in front was Joe on oh. 10.5, the winner of the quiz. Well done, Joe. Well done, Joe. Well, you did actually do that in, in under seven minutes. So it took well him done. longer to work the scores out than he did to do the quiz. <laughs> That's because we didn't have an input yeah. on that. Several minutes later. <laughs> when you get to my age. <laughs> it's just lucky you got all those extra fingers to count on. Christ. Anyway, on that note, um, that brings episode 282 to a close. You can find the links for each of us in the podcast description or by visiting Five Star Potential, where you can find Five Star Potential.com, sorry, where you can find all our latest football manager content, including Mad's most recent blog post, which is also not on Five Star Potential.com, but we'll link it anyway because we're nice like that. Hello. Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify, and most other popular podcast apps and platforms platforms with a new podcast released every week thank you all for listening there'll be more from us next week say goodbye folks goodbye folks, goodbye, folks. adios <laughs> <laughs>